Welcome to the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. Each week, you'll hear testimonies that turned failures into hope, despair into inspiration, and darkness into light, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to overcome obstacles that can detour our Christian walk. Galatians 6.2 tells us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now here's your host, the Gospel Girl, Tammy Becker. If you thought the worst was over, take a deep breath. Worst is yet to come. Seven seals are now open. The seventh trumpet has blasted. Now comes seven bowls of wrath pour out on the wicked earth. These are the last and most intense and devastating of any of the judgments yet. Hi, everyone. This is Tammy Becker. Welcome to the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. And this week, week 21 into our series of Revelation. And our podcast today is titled, The Worst is Yet to Come. The podcast today is going to be based on the reading in the book of Revelation, chapter 15 and 16. And if you want to follow along with today's show notes or find any links that I might talk about or a lot of scripture, you can do so by going to www.yoministries.com. Com and visit the corresponding page and see everything right there. And as we get started, I'd like to remind you of my disclaimer that always don't take my word for it or anyone's word for what you read or listen to, but get yourself into the Bible and let God discern his word to you because I'm only human. I make a lot of mistakes and I do not claim to know or understand everything in the Bible. I just want to bring you more understanding out in the study and Give us some more interest so that you spark something more in you to get more into God's word and dive deeper, you know, take a deeper dive in God's word on your own. All right. So because the great tribulation is judgment, it's to give Satan his final opportunity and then to render the logical consequence. So in his marvelous, infinite grace, God will remove the church before this time of tribulation. And if if you're willing if you willingly accept his grace, then you can escape this horrific conclusion. But you know, even the church needs to know what the unsaved will go through and in that sobering reality make us all a, a more zealous if you will, witness for Christ today. So in a in a brief interlude, before the angels pour out the bowls of God's wrath, now finished, John ushers or uh, he ushers us to heaven where you know we're gonna see another sign, like kind of like a dress rehearsal of the last act of man's day on earth. And then these the extra details John has given us starting in Revelation chapter 12, retrace events with added detail. So like in Genesis chapter 1, in a summary of creation, in Genesis chapter 2 gives us the details, the gospel also gives a similar account of Jesus's life and ministry, but from different perspectives. So God's wrath now at its zenith and completely expressed marks the final judgment. He has been slow to anger, but 
Here ends his long suffering. Judgment in the final stages of the day of wrath comes from God, not from Satan's antics in his thrust for the world domination through the wild beast, but judgment is coming directly from the throne of God. So now God is making a final display of his wrath and he brings earth, you know, sordid tragedy of sin to its conclusion. Oh, and watching it all from a heavenly perspective are those who gave their lives in the tribulation. So they're, they're standing on a sea of glass mingled with fire, chapter 15, verse 2. And a, a picture of the beast's persecution. No one could have made it through without God's protective seal. They've laid down their lives for Jesus and were faithful to him until death. And these tribulation saints came through the fires of persecution on the earth and yet have not lost their song. So they sang the song of Moses, verse 3. See Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 to 21, and Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 to 43 that celebrates God's deliverance, salvation, and faithfulness, and the song of the Lamb. Now, Jesus Christ, the King of the nations, is going to be universally worshipped here. And there, there's, there'll be no other place he will not be worshipped. Even those in hell will acknowledge Jesus is the supreme authority at this time, and not that you know, he is He's running the universe and it belongs to him. And they will acknowledge the truth of the glory of God. They'll have to. The tribulation saints sing, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. So just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations self shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Verses 3 and 4. The testimony coming from first-handed witnesses of the judgment breaks our hearts in its beauty and settles in the minds of believers. The fact that God is right in all he does may not appear so at the time, but the, by faith we can believe he is just. Looking to Psalm chapter 7, verse 9, and chapter 11, verse 7, chapter 107, verse 1, chapter 40, and chapter 42. Remember, these are all in my show notes. So this will happen when God takes charge. So from his worship service, temple of the tabernacle opens in heaven so seven angels with seven golden bowls can come forward they're dressed for a priestly service with women precious stones they are leaving that work of mercy for wings of judgment yearly a priest would carry a gold of, of, of like a book gold bowl of blood into the holy place as a symbol of redemption for sin. Uh, with that gift rejected, now sin must be judged. So God acts in justice and 
the wrath of the Lamb will startle the world at this point. So the Old Testament prophets often talked about the cup of iniquity and the wrath filling up and spoke of God's patience and waiting for it to fill. And then when it is full, God moves into judgment and that time has come. It says, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. Chapter 16, verse 1, directed the voice from that temple. So yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ is still fully in charge here. He was the only one found worthy to open the seven-sealed book, which ushered in the entire series of the sevens. And he is the one marching to victory. The power and the glory and the majesty belong to him. And this is his judgment upon a world that has rejected the grace of God. And the Father has committed all judgment to him. And Christ is the one who gives the command that sends out these seven angels with final judgments. And then there's no longer delay, no longer an interval or an omission. And the hour has come. The order is given. The seven angels now execute his command. So pouring out the first bowl in chapter 16, verse 2, a foul and loathsome sore on everyone who had the mark of the beast. Scripture states the life of the flesh is in the blood and also death is in the blood. So these putrefying sores are worse than leprosy or cancer and God reveals physically what man is morally, utterly corrupt. This plague is reminiscent of the sixth plague in Egypt and is the same type of boil, if you will, that you can find in Exodus chapter 9, verses 8 to 12, by the way. Moses predicted this coming judgment in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15, 27, and 35. Again, all in my show notes. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture here today. So pouring out the second bowl, chapter 16, verse 3, the sea becomes blood and everything in it dies. Now the sea becomes a grave of death instead of a womb of life. And then like in the first plague of Egypt, carcasses float to the surface and line the shore. Commerce is paralyzed. Human beings die like flies. Then pouring out in the third bowl, chapter 16, verse 7, rivers and streams become blood. Now the total water supply of the earth is cut off and causes destruction of human life across the planet. Even the angel of the waters agrees this is a righteous judgment and poetic justice with a vengeance. And these who are being judged had made martyrs of God's people, and now God is forcing them to drink blood for the righteous blood they spill. And the martyrs in heaven who ask God how long before he judges evil are now vindic vindicated, and then God answers their prayer. So now we're pouring out the fourth bowl, and that's chapter 16, verses 8-9. And the Son scorches those who blasphemy God, yet they still don't repent. <laughs> So Jesus predicted this sign back in Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And so did Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 24. Isaiah chapter 24, verse 6 and chapter 42, verse 25. And Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. All again in my show notes. 
So to accomplish this, all the Lord has to do is remove one or two blankets from the sphere. Or he would need only to pull the earth a little closer to the sun. Not much, but nothing could survive. Nevertheless, his own are reserved. And then this, this says, this is what it says, the sun shall not strike you by day nor by the moon of night. Psalm 121 verse 6. Well, this promise means little to do uh, to us today. It will be a great comfort to the believer during the tribulation. So the first three bowls of judgment had personal implications, and the final three all have political consequences. So pouring out the fifth bowl in chapter 16, verse 10 to 11 the beast's kingdom is darkened and the strange darkness might be called black light. So as the sun's wattages increase, the heat will be greater, but the light will be less. Egypt experienced this during the ninth plague in Exodus chapter 10, verse 21 to 22. And Isaiah foretold this back in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. And then the prophet Joel described this as the day of the Lord in Joel chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, and in chapter 31. And then other prophets, Nahum, Amos, and Zephaniah all mentioned it as well as our Lord himself in Mark chapter 13, verse 24. So even the apostle Paul described it in Romans chapter 2, verse 4 to 4, and how people will harden their hearts against God, righteous judgment in the day of the wrath. And here it is, the man refuses to turn to God for the mercy. So pouring out the sixth bowl, chapter 16, verses 12 to 16, the river Euphrates dries up. And this is called the great river in the Bible. And it's mentioned over 25 times. And it was connected to the sixth Egyptian plague. Once the cradle of man civilization is now it's um, it will be its grave. So now between the sixth and the seventh bowl of wrath is the interlude, like between the other sixth and seventh features. John reports a weird and ghastly scene signaling the, the trinity of hell, Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet, along with the demonic masses pouring out their mouths, acting together to force the nations of the world to march against Israel. They had to destroy God's purpose on earth, but God made some promises to Abraham and Israel that he was going to keep. So the Lord Jesus is the only one who could stop this campaign from crushing Israel. Their help doesn't come from the north or from the south or east or west, but that's where their trouble is coming from. Their help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's like a tremendous scene, the War of Armageddon, not just a battle has been going on for half of the tribulation and extends the entire length of the land of Israel. It's God who gathered them together, verse 16, on the plain of Esdraelon in the cent in central Israel. So Satan may think he's commanding the armies, but he is nevertheless fulfilling the word of God. And Christ, the warrior and the king, now says he comes like a thief to the end of the tribulation, the whole earth mourns his appearing. They would like to shut him out from ever returning, but he's getting ready to come through space. And 
now pouring out the seventh bowl, chapter 16, verse 17 to 21, a mighty earthquake shakes the entire world and a hailstorm pummels the earth as the seventh angel pours out his bowl upon the air and a great voice came from the temple, from the throne saying, it is done. And the only one who could deliver his own and set up a righteous kingdom and bring peace to the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his voice that says, just like he said from the cross, when the work he accomplished that provides for our salvation was complete, he offers us a finished redemption. But if you won't accept it, there will be judgment. Those who have refused God's salvation won't escape its judgment. So let's keep our eyes on Christ through this. He is the judge now. Lightning and thunder and voices launch the tribulation and now they bring it to an end. The earthquake is so devastating that it divides Jerusalem into three parts and cities all over the world fall. Earthquake even moves islands and levels mountains, and then the final act of judgment is a hailstorm. Hailstones ranging between 50 and 100 pounds while pummeling the people on the earth. And this is a dramatic deluge bringing an end to the Great Tribulation. Ooh, that's a lot to digest, isn't it? Next week, we are going to see how God turns his attention to Satan's capital city, Babylon. So I hope you join me next week. As we continue on, we are getting closer and closer to the end of the book of Revelation, and it just keeps ramping up, doesn't it? So if you'd like to join us over in our private Facebook group, Girl Read Your Bible, please do that and visit us and get the show notes on the web at www.youministries.com. I hope you have a blessed week and you meet us back here next time. This is Tammy Becker. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another weekly episode of the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. If you have a testimony you would like to share with us, please contact us through our website at youministries.com. That's y-o-u-ministries.com. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.